are tuning in to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. My name is Bree, and you can find me at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. Check out the show notes for more information, including a link to my website. Thank you so much for listening. Namaste. Namaste, yogis. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Recently, we have been chatting a ton about different energy healing modalities, everything ranging from opening up the third eye to healing crystals to the kundalini awakening. So it only makes sense that we begin to flow into what is this beautiful healing practice of Reiki, how you can add it to your practice on and off of the mat. I have to tell you, from the moment of my first Reiki session, I absolutely noticed a big difference in just that healing for my own mind, body, and spirit connection. And I have found multiple ways for this to influence my yoga practice. So I think that you will as well. One of the things that I also love about it is that they incorporate crystal healing into Reiki sessions typically. And of course, we just recently learned all about the benefits of crystal healing. So this is just another way to continue to find different avenues to help with your holistic practices. Now, there is scientific backing for Reiki healing, so we'll talk about that as well. I worked in a hospital while I was in my undergraduate program. I, for the longest time, thought I would either become a physician or a scientific researcher. I ended up going to grad school for something completely different than medicine, but I learned so much about the scientific connection, and I still utilize it in so many ways as a yoga practitioner and of course a yoga teacher. So one of the things that was really fascinating to me is I had done research about Reiki healing in hospitals. And one of the cool things, and of course this has to be cleared by the hospital and the surgeon and things of that nature, but some practitioners actually utilized Reiki while under surgery. So it is one of those really beautiful practices that can be really beneficial to your healing and to alleviate pain in the body. We're going to talk about that because UCLA actually wrote a really amazing article in discussing how Reiki can be really beneficial to those who need it while they're in hospital stays, while they're undergoing surgeries or any other medical procedures. So we're going to talk about that. But first, let's talk about what is Reiki. Now, Reiki is an energy healing treatment that works holistically on the entire body, mind, and spirit. Now, it's not a system of religious beliefs. It's actually under the Japanese philosophical umbrella. So it's definitely going to show up on the yoga mat every now and then because anytime we're starting to work under these Eastern philosophical principles, You're going to hear yoga teachers or students talk about some of these other types of things such as Reiki. So if not already, you've probably heard it floating around the yoga community. Now, even though it doesn't have any connection with yoga as a philosophy, as a practice, again, it is a bigger part of this bigger umbrella. Okay, so super awesome. 
Anytime we're trying to heal the mind, body, and spirit holistically, you're going to start to stumble into a lot of different ancient practices. And this is just another one of those. Now, this has this ability to heal the body through these vibrations that are transmitted through the hands of the Reiki practitioner. And this Reiki practitioner is acting as a conduit to the body of the recipient. Now, the purpose of this Reiki treatment is to relieve stress and pain, induce relaxation, release emotional blockages, accelerate natural healing, balance subtle body energies, and support other medical modalities, including traditional therapies, such as Western medicine. Now, the International Center for Reiki Training has estimated that there are 4 million people throughout the world who have taken at least one level of Reiki training. And there are three traditional levels of expertise. Now today, Reiki education is offered free of charge in more than 800 American hospitals as a means to accelerate the healing process and to alleviate pain. Now for years, Reiki along with many other methods of holistic therapies were looked upon with disdain, even contempt from medical associations, practitioners, mainstream scientists, and clerics. Now this includes things such as chiropractics, which are we know are completely recognized in today's world, in today's medicinal world, as well as even massage therapists. Now we're starting to see that yoga therapy is starting to get more respect in that world and even Reiki healing. Now, the reason why this was one of those issues is because it utilizes this invisible etheric body of life force energy. And that was actually considered to be nonsense, which you know, we all know this stuff, but we all realize that it is indeed not nonsense. We know that by the scientific um, usages of the placebo effect, for instance, okay? I'm going off of script, so like start to think about in my mind what I want to say. Now, these negative conclusions were, were actually formulated on the thought that life energy fields such as those accepted in China, which are known as the chi, and Japan as ki, and in India as prana, which we just talked about this on what is prana in the yoga Q&A, were unseen as immeasurable by traditional research or scientific instrumentation, okay? So now that is all changing. Now the founder of Reiki or the International Center for Reiki Training, I should say, is William Lee Rand. And he talks about how there's been tons of clinical studies to support Reiki from a scientific evidence-based perspective. So now we have some controlled research that is accessible to holistic medical and scientific communities. And it wasn't until 2005 when Rand, this founder and president of the International Center for Reiki Training and a pioneer in worldwide Reiki awareness was able to form the Center for Reiki Research and developed what is known as the Touchstone Process. What is that, you may ask, right? <laughs> now, the Touchstone Process is actually a peer review method for analyzing the current state of scientific studies done on Reiki programs in hospitals, clinics, 
and hospice facilities throughout the U.S. Now, the process of critique is rigorous, impartial, and consistent, and incorporates the best practices for scientific review. Ran, he began formulating the touchstone process after developing Reiki in Hospitals, which is a website that is considered to be the most comprehensive contemplation of hospitals offering Reiki treatments throughout the world. And I will link that in today's show notes. Now, the touchstone process is unique. Never before have there been so many worthy studies of Reiki gathered, analyzed, and evaluated within a single source. Now, there are case stories that have been analyzed during 2008 and 2009, which show strong evidence that Reiki is indeed responsible for a positive biological response in both humans and animals. Now, the strongest evidence, which is rated excellent in the process, was reported in the most carefully controlled of all experiments. Now, I consider myself a scientist still, so I love any time that you can have a really controlled experiment like this. And this one, which has been published by UCLA, is really good and, and a great one to read about. Now, none other than laboratory rats, by the way, and in both 2006 and 2008, stressed out lab rats received Reiki treatments, and they all showed significantly significantly reduced stress, anxiety, and depression responses. Now, for those of you who are vegan, this is a good study. Reiki was actually helping these poor lab rats heal. Now, the bonus is that these Placebo groups showed no reduction in stress, anxiety, and depression. And that's a big deal when you're in scientific studies because placebo effects are really real, even with animals who cannot make the mental connection. That's how real placebo effects are. Now, let's keep in mind that testing in humans performed between 1993 and 2006 showed ratings from satisfactory to excellent, and they all suggest that the benefit of Reiki treatments were positive in controlling pain levels in humans. So there were some confounding variables, which is typical in hospital as opposed in library studies. However, the placebo Reiki treatments in this experiment were, by contrast, ineffective in controlling pain. Why is this important to you in today's podcast listening to this episode? Well, because some people actually are not sure if Reiki itself is a placebo effect. So if you believe in it, then it works is kind of the thought. Well, this is proving that there is a way of actually being that conduit of energy. And if you really study the idea of chi, ki, and prana and its highest level of really awareness and practicing of it, There is a real intentional way to actually practice as the practitioner, right? Now, imagine you're transmitting this to somebody else. So the thought was, well, I could just tell somebody that I'm providing them Reiki and they believe. And so they therefore they receive. Well, this study is showing that, no, that is indeed not true. And there is indeed a conduit from the actual master, which is a level of Reiki to the client, the patient, the practitioner, right? So I really want to point that out, okay? Now, 
There are studies that have been done by Columbia University, New York um, Presbyterian Hospital. And so we're talking some big time studies happening here. Okay, so I'm not going to go into those studies too much, but they are out there now. There have been many other controlled studies submitted to peer journals and the touchstone process for review. Ailments and disorders that tested favorably to Reiki treatment include, but are not limited to, post-operative pain after tooth extraction, cognitive or cognition in elderly related to dementia and Alzheimer's, preoperative relaxation and post-op pain, Pain in chronically ill patients, depression and stress, well-being and Reiki practitioners. So as of 2009, the Touchstone process has evaluated 25 test studies that appeared in peer-reviewed journals evaluating the merits of Reiki treatments. Taking into consideration only the most rigorously controlled studies, the team reported that 83% showed moderate to strong evidence in support of Reiki as a viable therapeutic healing modality. Why does this 83% show uh, percentile mean something to you? Well, because this is a very high percentile and is ranking up there with even chiropractic um, practices, right? So we see this also when we think about acupuncture, Ayurveda practices as well. All of this stuff really does begin to translate and Reiki is right up there with it, okay? So this is not just an esoteric idea, it is actually scientifically proven. So let's talk about Reiki and yoga because, of course, now you're sold, right? You want to see how this works on you. Now, the practice of Reiki and yoga go hand in hand. The practice of yoga increases the flow of Reiki energy in a person's life. Why do we say that? Because remember, this energy is prana. It's life force energy. Doesn't matter what you call it. That's what it is, okay? Yoga actually helps a person understand Reiki in a much deeper way because Reiki helps a person understand the deeper energies of yoga. They are complementing each other in such a big way. Now, in yoga, we all understand the beauty of yoga for the breath, known as pratyama practice. We understand that the most important part of your yoga practice when you're practicing the movements of the body, known as asana, is the breath, right? We all understand as yogis that holding your breath without intention to manage the posture is no longer being in a yogic place. We also understand because we just listened to the yoga pose breakdown talking about handstand and headstand that what yogis did with this gymnastics type posture was add pratyama that's what makes it makes it yogic so imagine just bringing that life force energy into your body now through the conduit of this reiki energy healing modality. So you might be asking yourself, well, why not just give Reiki to myself? Well, you can. You can actually learn to become attuned to give it to yourself. So a Reiki master, a Reiki teacher can actually teach a practitioner how to do that. 
What we want to know is how do we receive Reiki when we're at our lowest vibration? Now, we learned with the third eye opening and awakening that being at your lowest vibration can come through illness even. Think about being on that operation table. I know for me, if I catch the bad enough flu, I am definitely not operating from the highest vibration to where I can attune myself. This is when it helps to have someone else guiding you. Just like it's helpful to have someone help you get into headstand it's just as helpful can you do it on your own sure when you're at your highest vibration you can just about train the mind body spirit to do anything you need it to do with great intention but we're not always in that place especially when we're suffering when our root chakra is not completely aligned so think about that as well okay now remember yoga is an ancient art of science and balancing the physical and subtle anatomy of the individual. In Sanskrit, yoga means union, a union between mind, body, and spirit. It's also a union between community as well. Now, regular practice of yoga can actually bring very good results in therapies such as physiotherapy, psychotherapy, and in treatments of arthritis, asthma, and even heart problems. Also gives excellent results in eliminating alcohol, tobacco, and even drug addictions. Now, scientists around the world are studying the effects of yoga on the human body. A very interesting study was made by a Hungarian doctor Um, His name, I believe, is Vibella, on how the nervous system was influenced by yoga exercises. He came to a conclusion that certain asanas and pratyama, the postures in the breath, were connected with certain internal organs, the endocrine glands and psychological states. Now, we know this as practitioners because we talk a lot about the chakra system, right? Now, the endocrine system and the chakra system are really aligned, right? We're talking about hormones. We're talking about the spine. We're talking about alignment of the body in this way. We also understand that the nervous system is to keep us alive, right? So we aren't so much worried about the nervous system doing its job. We just want to also train the parasympathetic nervous system to kick in and do its job, okay? We don't want the nervous system to dominate. So remember, nervous system can also activate that amygdala, that old lizard brain of the body, the fight or flight reflexes, whereas the parasympathetic nervous system is all about the rest and digest. So it's really challenging to get to the rest and digest place. Like right now, as I'm recording this episode, I'm completely activating my rest and digest. However, if guns start shooting, I'm pretty sure my nervous system is going to kick in and I am going to react, become very reactive at that place because I want to not only protect myself, but protect my animals and maybe even other people around me, right? So we just have to understand that there's a time and place for everything. What we don't want is to be triggered by events that are not actually harmful and hurtful, okay? So there are many different types of yoga, which we've talked about. We've talked about so many different disciplines. We talk about basic hatha yoga techniques and bring depth to the art and science of all forms of Reiki as well. So hatha yoga, remember, is that combination of physical postures and breath. Ha, in comes the breath. Va, out goes the breath. There's also so many other explanations for hatha, but that's a beautiful one when we talk about it with Reiki. 
okay, on the mat. Now, Hatha Yoga is also about becoming really in tuned with the body, making this moving meditation, which is what I like to call it. In modern times, this actually works because we allow this divine nature, this alignment of our energies with the divine, which is making that spiritual connection. Whatever your practices are, this isn't about religion, but just about understanding like a higher purpose that's where the Reiki energy is really starting to come from. It's personal growth and also something even bigger than that, right? So when you think about the chakra system, which I always like to, especially as we're progressing on the podcast, remember the yoga podcast has over 300 episodes at this point with almost two years under our belt. Our anniversary is coming up soon. So get ready to break out your herbal tea and, you know, salute with me. But seriously, we have talked about all the basic concepts of yoga under this beautiful philosophy on the podcast, but we can start to now grow into our practice, right? We're almost two. We're almost ready to get potty trained (laughs) or do two-year-olds already, are they already out of diapers? I don't know. But in any event, having a little fun here, happy baby. In any event, the idea is that we can start to really utilize the chakra system in our practice. As I mentioned in last week's yoga pose breakdown with headstand and handstand, that might be one of the last traditional yoga pose breakdown episodes because we've broken down the most common foundational postures. And so it's now we can actually talk about some of those postures and bring in some of these other ideas. We can start to really dig deeper and that's what I plan to do. So... As we talk about this concept of spirit, let's talk about the chakra system with Reiki, okay? So with the root chakra, I always say you have to have that one aligned before you move on. If you don't feel safe, sound, secure, and stable, then it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. So assuming that's in place, assuming assuming you have your sacral chakra, your creativity is all aligned, you understand who you are on the most basic level, right? You understand your gifts and what you seek. Then we come to the solar plexus. This is your powerhouse. You know, how you get your power, how you feel. You know, you feel really powerful with who you are. That feeling of empowerment is really beautiful. And then, of course, moving up to the heart chakra of compassion for yourself and others. Love, all of that security and safety from that place. And then, of course, the throat chakra all about listening, communicating, speaking your truth, and being open to other people's truths, even if they don't align with yours. And then we move up to the third eye, which we just talked about in a bigger way. And then the crown chakra, which is really that spiritual realm. And then, of course, we go off into the ether, which is where the crown chakra is really living. It's not just the crown of you, but it's the crown of the ether as well. And that's where we're seeking the Reiki attunement. So, If you have a really imbalance in your chakras, which Reiki actually can help heal, of course, with crystal healing and the Reiki healing and so many other things, even Ayurvedic principles and even true massage and other modalities and even just yoga practice can help, you know. The point is, is that when all of that starts to align itself, you can really feel this true awakening and healing that can come from your Reiki practice. So I love that. And that's what we're talking about when we're thinking about the Hatha Yoga meets Reiki. Okay. So meditation, when we meditate, it's 
brings us to this place where we can receive. That's why a Reiki session can on some level include a bit of meditation. Some people think that Reiki puts you into hypnosis and it absolutely does not. I do want to talk about hypnosis on the podcast, however, not because it's a part of yoga, but because it is another energy healing modality that people don't quite understand. So they try to couple it with other things. And it's better to just understand. And then that way we can know what is and what isn't something, right? Now the intent, the intent of each posture when you're practicing yoga is really important. We've learned that in the yoga pose breakdowns. Even something as simple of a pose as easy pose can actually have a great purpose in your practice when you add the intention to it. Intent is everything. I went through a phase in my life way before I think I even understood any of this where if I felt slighted by someone who I cared about, I was deciding at some point to seek to understand. So I guess I was really looking for a a throat chakra opening and awakening because There was a time where I would jump to a conclusion and just, you know, maybe become super defensive, which is a great example that you're not healed in your root chakra, your and all the way up to your solar plexus and maybe even your heart chakra. Okay, so when you become real defensive without knowing why, you know, you have some stuff to work out within. So then I decided at some point to start to ask people, even if it just seemed like something simple, if someone said something a little passive aggressive to me and I thought it was worth my time to investigate, I would just simply say, what are your intentions? And that was such a throw off for people like they were like, whoa, whoa, you know, sometimes they would like stutter or mumble or not even know why they did what they did. You know, a lot of times when people are passive aggressive or just aggressive aggressive, they're not very comfortable with uh, confrontation in a way like that when you're really just asking. Some people are very comfortable with confrontation. Don't get me wrong. Like some people are ready to fight, you know, and, and sometimes they'll put up fist the cuffs right away because that's what they want. They actually want you to push them to the edge so that they could have a reason. But instead of doing that, just, hey, what did you mean by that comment you said to me? You know, what were your intentions? And I would actually say, what are your intentions? I have to tell you, I did that so much at one point that all those people that are still in my life, they are real mindful now of, I think, what they want their intentions to be when they're talking to me now. And I really love that because I feel like our relationship is mindful. I'm mindful with them. They're mindful with me. It's like practicing yoga off of the mat. It's so important. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about intention. When you're practicing yoga, knowing the reason why you're choosing to go into your reverse warrior in a certain way, sometimes things are just fun and fast and don't get me wrong. But when we really want to practice that quiet moving meditation, we want to have some more intention with our practice. So when we do that, we actually can expand to many levels of healing and personal growth. Some of what I just explained. Now, When we add this intention with our focus on different layers of this knowledge, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about Reiki 
energy. It flows through this anatomical aspect of our being and unfolds and opens up to a deeper awareness. Now, it is not necessary to work with these postures every day to receive benefits. Rather, that's, and what I mean by that is you don't need to take a certain yoga posture that is really good for opening of the hips every single day. You just have to understand all the postures that do that and why you're trying to open your hips. Are you trying to open up awareness in your sacral chakra, for instance, right? However, once you learn that certain postures can do that and you find a few minutes throughout your day to maybe release your sacral chakra if you understand that you have some blockages there, well, then, of course, you can start to perform that on yourself without even going to a full yoga class, right? We all understand that, I think. We all understand we can take mountain pose and ground ourselves, right? That's what we learn when we start to learn a little bit of Reiki attunement on ourselves or anything else for that matter, even just using crystal energy healing, opening up the third eye, awakening the Kundalini, a lot of the different things we've talked about on the podcast, taking five minutes to meditate, engaging in mindful breath work, pratyama. We don't need a ton of time to do little bits of things. It's amazing, however, if you can find yoga classes every single day and you can practice and they can build upon all of these different ideas, even if it's not all in one hour or 60 minute on the mat, but over a course of five practices throughout the week, you might have found yourself getting into some of these modalities. And then you couple in a monthly Reiki session, a quarterly acupuncture session, some chiropractic sessions, some uh, hands-on healing massage sessions, whatever it may be, then you might have 365 days of true self-care. And that's what we're really looking for. There's lots of ways to get there, right? I try to drink my first glass of water in the morning with complete mindfulness. I actually tell myself that it's goddess water and I'm infusing that into my body. So, I mean, it's all about intention, okay? (laughs) So have fun with your life. Have fun with your life, whatever that means for you. So remember, all of this stuff is just to bring balance, to help relieve stress, to bring some health and healing to your body. It doesn't matter to me if you think that I'm kooky, crazy, quirky, strange, weird, whatever, because I'm living my best life. And it doesn't matter to me if you decide to go to daily mass, which I used to do, or if you decide to go on a daily jog, because that's what heals your mind, body, spirit connection. If you decide to take a hot bath every single night, because that's what calms you down and relaxes you. For some people, it's you know taking a drink of whiskey or smoking cigarettes or engaging in Um, gambling or whatever. Everybody has something. Is it a vice or is it healthful? I think is the question. Only you know what you are doing and what you are running from and what you are running toward. So I said all of that because I think Reiki is just another option. It's a damn beautiful option, by the way, but it is another option. Rather you ever practice this or not, there are so many things that you can add to your life. Why not add as many beautiful things as possible? I think it would be quite silly unless you have a complete allergic reaction to a dozen roses for someone to walk up to you and want to offer you them and you not want them because you don't believe that they're going to brighten your day. 
Why not just take them and see if they do? <laughs> I can tell you, if you want to give me a dozen roses, they will definitely brighten my day. So I hope that all of that makes sense to you. I love you all so deeply. I hope you can feel my energy because I am pouring it out through the ether and it is transmitting through the vibrations of my voice, through your ears, into your body. We are on some level engaging in our highest vibration. Go in peace. Namaste. I am so honored that you are listening to the Love Breezy Bree Yoga podcast. Never miss an episode. Download the free app on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Please also rate the show with five stars. I would greatly appreciate that. Visit me on my website at lovebreezybreeyoga.com. I include free yoga sequences every single month. You can leave a comment or message me and we can connect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful personal practice. Namaste. Namaste.